0: Welcome to another episode of the Eyes Wide Open Life podcast, where we respond to the meaning crisis of our times by way of a thoughtful exploration of the burgeoning frontier, that shoreline where our old ways are collapsing, but where the elements of philosophy, science, spirituality and poetry elegantly meet in a synergy of paradox and reason. This podcast is a proud member of the Walled Garden Podcast Network, The Walled Garden Philosophical Society is a global network of like minded philosophers and public thinkers dedicated to the project of meaning making through the exploration of art and philosophy. And if you'd like to find out more or to attend any of our upcoming events, you can go to thewalledgarden.com. But for now, here's your host, Rocco Jarman. Welcome to the Eyes Wide Open Life podcast. My name is Rocco. The purpose of the episodes are to provide a distillation on thousands of hours that I do of digesting podcasts, books, and articles, and to provide that distilled understanding to the listeners as a public service of sorts. The subjects range from leadership, philosophy, psychology, behavioral science, and center on the ways in which we can better understand ourselves, our relationships, and the way the world is in the context of. A growing crisis of meaning. There is great medicine, I've found, in understanding. Understanding with a capital U. The episodes don't aim to tell anyone what to think. Only, rather, perhaps how to think. And the side quest of the podcast is to elegantly merge science and mysticism in ways that do credit to both. Welcome to the Eyes Wide Open Life podcast. This is another Reflections episode, and the Reflection is taken from a reading out of my new book, Keeper of the Flame, a message from tomorrow. It is a message to the far left and the far right in America and in the world. These are two opposite ends of two different poles of the same magnet. They're two arms on the same body, two wings on the same bird. And the first is Letters to the Vigilant. Hatred towards an enemy is easy. Being clear on why you hate them is less so. Learning what they truly love and still hating them is impossible. Those who cannot raise their words raise their voices, and those who can do neither raise their fists. War does not ensue from conflict between bad men. War is what happens when good men forget the value of peace. We are so primed in the current political discourse and social discourse, specifically in America, which is playing out online, on social media. It's in the interests of social media companies and platforms to regain or retain audience capture time on the platform and the surest way to do that is by emotional capture outrage and so there are mechanisms which ensure that the plus the plus media actual news companies are complicit in this quite deliberately because engagement is assured If the person is getting the most outrageous, the most incendiary bits of news. So it's in the interests of media companies to propagate incendiary news, highlights, captions, stories, headlines. And it's in the interests of social media companies to make sure that the right kind of people get drawn into these pots. Melting pots of furor and agitation. And we get taught to hate them, other, someone else, blame someone else. And we get to focus on their ideologies and the differences between us. Because we get told it's the differences between us that matter. Hatred towards an enemy is easy. Being clear on why you hate them is less so. It's less, less easy. Learning what they truly love and still hating them is impossible. The thing is, everyone on the one side of an argument, on the other side of an argument, the only way an argument is truly ever won is when people find common ground and shared value. Because they obviously cannot share each other's beliefs. And underneath all of this drama, aside from a few bad faith actors and a few hyper agitated people who are getting off on the conflict, aside from those actors, the loudest ones, the noisiest ones, most people, believe it or not, are more calm, more moderate and more sane. The internet amplifies the ugly, loud voices. It doesn't amplify the moderating voices. It doesn't amplify the moderating sentiment. <clears throat> when you inspect what people truly want, most people want to pursue their purpose They want the power to do so, they want the freedom to express their power, and they want a modicum of safety. Now, every time an institution or an ism or an ideology offers you safety, it is offering that in exchange for your freedom. And our political capture on either side is an ideology. And we need to grow out of these binary ideologies if we're ever going to move forward, individually or as a species. Those who cannot raise their words raise their voices, and those who do neither end up raising their fists. It's important to remember that war, whatever kind, emotional, psychological, physical, it doesn't ensue from conflict between bad people. It's what happens when good people forget how valuable peace is. And the many gifts that it brings in its hands for them. The second one is on the next page. Letters to the sensitive. We're all hypersensitive. Because part of vigilance, part of the tribalism funny bone that we've struck now, is the recourse is then to vigilance, to make sure you're vigilant about what is going to come and harm you. But the other side of it, the, the victim mentality on the left, is just as big of a problem. And the question to both sides is, where do we get if we silence every voice except the ones that echo the current roar? This is talking to the cancel culture that we have in the world. Where do we get if we silence every voice except the ones that echo the current roar of the mob? How do we do that and not end up taking the very same missteps that those who brought us this way to this bad place made As we try to walk our way out of here to a better place. If you truly want to belong to a better tomorrow. If you truly want to deal with social injustice. What makes you think that screaming and ranting and cancelling is the way to achieve that? What makes you think that limiting somebody else's rights is the way to redress your limitation of rights? If you are feeling compromised and it's hard to belong or you're empathizing with somebody who has struggled to belong? What makes us believe that compromising somebody else's comfort in the way that they belong, forcing them, policing their language, what they're allowed to think and say, the mistakes that they're allowed to make to get to a better understanding, what makes us think that is the way to redress what happened to us or those we care about? Getting triggered is always your own problem. Getting triggered is always your own problem. Sooner or later, the world, or life, will throw some shit at you that you cannot cancel. And it's up to each of us to become resilient enough to face the world as it is. And the world is clearly unfair at the moment. The purpose of life is to grow up. Grow up. Grow up out of the all-encompassing drama of your life and of the current moment. The purpose of life, this is the purpose of life, to grow up. And then tackle the unfairness which exists. Tackle this unfairness and injustice in loving and courageous ways, not by ranting and screaming and deplatforming somebody else. If we do not find ways to endure the discomfort of words, we will begin to see the flash of knives in every shadow. And the real thing is, if you're so afraid of words and language, If you truly fear the violence of words, you can count yourself blessed because it means you have been spared the violence of violence. You know, there is a group of hypersensitive people, either religiously sensitive on the far right or ideologically sensitive on the far left, that share the same trait, and the piece that I've written is There is a place in the human heart that is so sensitive it cannot even suffer the affront of consideration. There is a place in the human heart that is so sensitive that it cannot even suffer the affront of consideration. And our moment in history is reduced down to a society caught in the drama of the titillating agitation of that raw nerve. You know, if if somebody has to open a door for a woman, in one breath it's considered decent, old-fashioned values, noble, and in some way this could be construed as demeaning the woman as if she's not capable of opening the door for herself. I know which side of that perspective I stand on, <clears throat> because I would open the door for anyone. But for some people to open the door for them, to show them your old-fashioned form of consideration, is an affront. There is a place in the human heart that is so sensitive, agitated to such a state of arousal, because of the unfairness it feels in the world and the powerlessness it feels. There is a place in the human heart that is so sensitive that it cannot even suffer the affront of consideration. And our whole moment in history right now is reduced right down to a society that's caught in the drama of the titillating agitation of that raw nerve. A lot of the actors in this space, Black Lives Matter, hashtag Me Too, various other social justice movements, are more energized by their anger and their self-righteousness and their sanctimony than they are animated towards actual positive outcomes. As evidenced by the fact that they can't listen to other people and their aim is not to try reach other people their aim is to talk over other people and shut them down and that cannot be love and i've noticed that the people <clears throat> that you that are taking up all the air in the room the most unkind the most egregious the most demanding the most impetuous if you wrest back control or you reestablish your own boundaries and say no i'm not a racist no i'm not a bigot no i don't identify With any kind of phobia. It's just not something I align with. Or it's something I'm still trying to understand. To even say that is to wound or or harm them in some way. And the irony is, these people are weak at the end of the day if they can't allow another person their own boundaries. Beware the weak. Beware the weak who will stone even the righteous and be first to stake claim on his estate, seeking compensation for the injury to their own throwing arm. Some people will get into a shit fight with you, and when you hold your own ground, they will claim to be the injured party. Always. And the last one is letters to the flock. Now this is the flock mentality, the herd mentality on the internet, of getting behind any idea without critical thinking. And it's to the flock of the religious faithful who are checking out their critical thinking in lieu of handing psychologically the responsibility of their own choices and their own self-ownership to a greater power. And it says, look to the poets, not the naked. Look to the poets, not the naked. In other words, not these raw, titillating attention seekers on, on Instagram. Look to the poets, not the naked. Heed the thinkers, heed the thinkers, not the shriekers of outrage. Follow the quiet dissenters, for they are now become the new martyrs. A martyr is just somebody that chose discomfort rather than compromise their integrity. Follow the quiet dissenters, for they are now become the new martyrs. But beware the prophets of enlightenment, for those fools will lead us all to the old doors. Practicing old scriptures is like the ringing of a cracked bell which calls to no one. There's so many players on the internet now claiming to lead people, either as coaches or as uh, spiritual teachers, and the vast majority of them are uninformed, unenlightened, unawakened buffoons. And it's now fools leading fools. And we wonder why we are in such a state of unwellness. It's, we, we are the we are the ones making trouble for ourselves, unfortunately. But there is also a way out of this. And the way out is always towards the facing of discomfort and asking oneself, what does love look like right now? And sometimes it looks like saying no. Sometimes it looks like making boundaries. Sometimes it looks like surrender and yielding and listening. Sometimes it looks like speaking up. It doesn't need to look like the same thing and it doesn't need to get endorsement from anyone. And this is the purpose of building a a self, a strong, noble, healthy, clear-minded self that is undistorted, that is untroubled by things people say or opinions other people have, or troubled in the world. Because if you want to be a meaningful actor, either in your own life or in service of somebody else's, you're far better off doing that from a place of Composure, stillness, self-mastery. And at the end of the day, this is not going to end with one side winning. This is going to end up with us realizing that we are two sides of the same thing and that the only way of winning is some form of compromise, cooperation and reconciliation. But the last thing for us to reflect on As we encounter discomfort in our own lives, is the only cure for apathy is discomfort. Discomfort is the thing that makes us move towards the curiosity of the question of what will it actually take to solve this problem, not what will make me feel better for a moment. You want to feel better. You want to feel better about yourself. You want to have a better sense of comfort and equanimity about all the crazy shit that is going on around us right now. You want to be proud of yourself and really love the person that looks back in the mirror. You want to feel safe And you want to live from a place of freedom and abundance. You want to be free inside and not be so afraid. You want to find a way of starting the work that will allow you to process grief and reshape the way you face the world. You want to spend less time going over the same habits and patterns which you know are not serving you. You want to connect with and pursue your purpose. You want to have meaningful and rewarding relationships. And you want to find the courage in yourself to draw boundaries in the relationships that are not respectful of your truth. You want to invest in practices and work that are going to lead you somewhere profound and significant. You want motivation, you want certainty. And you want self-belief. You want to look back on your efforts a year from now and thank yourself for the way that you took charge of and shaped your life. You don't just want to be well. You want to get your mojo back. You want to know how to belong to the Great Secret. You want to be authentic. And none of that is too much to ask. And this is exactly the life that you deserve. You want to join mymojo